Welcome to our first holiday episode of Real Drinks with Ali Flores. That is me. I am your host, Ali Flores. And this is the show, if you're new to this podcast, where I bring in industry professionals uh, in the film uh, industry, film and television, actors, writers, producers, stunt people. And I actually have our first stunt guy here uh, for this episode. And we are doing holiday movies. And uh, this guy and I go way back. Uh, we started, we, we met back in the days where I was at Disney. And uh, we kind of came up doing stand-up comedy uh, a long time ago. Uh, he's done stunts in The Blacklist, Joker, the movie. Uh, one of my favorite credits that he has is he was in Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, yeah. stunt guy in that. <laughs> so that was my favorite. Uh, he's done so many different things, but I am, I am so pleased to, to have you here, man. Welcome, Mr. Frank Alfano Jr. What up, brother? Appreciate the invite, man. It's great to see you. Great to see you. Oh, good to see you too, brother. I'm, I'm digging the beard, man. It's coming in full. Uh, yeah, I actually just had to trim it last night because it grows out more than it does down. Ah. So I have to like shape it so I don't look as um, crazy as I just go do stuff. So but, less yeah. mountain money? Yeah, a little bit. But I mean, it, it's great for my job because they'll hire me with a beard and then kill me and then I'll shave and now I'm a new person and then they'll kill me the next day. <laughs> so Nice. You get to die twice in a project. Recast. Nice. Yeah. So you are a stunt guy. You're 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 also you're a little bit of everything, but primarily now you're doing all stunts and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, since um, I, I've been full time stunt since 2013. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And and yeah. you're up in New York. Up in New York. Yep. Sweet. Sweet. Uh, um, anything going on now? I know. I know because of COVID, uh, productions have been slowly coming back. Um, they. So we'll, we'll see what the next few weeks give us, but productions went from like nothing to shooting like through the roof. Nice. Uh, we had a whole bunch of productions just start at once because uh, the one thing that everybody realized is with, with the pandemic and the shutdown being so long, mm -hmm. people are out of Netflix. They're out of shows. Right. So um, producers are, are just eager to get new content out to everybody. So, um, awesome. but the, the process now of working on set is totally different. You have to not only have to be available the day you work, you have to be available some shows two days beforehand, some shows the day beforehand to get tested. And then you get tested when you're there and then you get temperature checks like periodically throughout the day, you have to wear masks until like basically cameras rolling and then they have paper bags, they put it in. So, but a lot of stuff's going on. Um, it's it's been wonderful to be back to work, but nice, a lot of protocols to you know to navigate through. And you said you were shooting something this week, I believe. Yeah, I did. Um, or last last week, I did a, a new TV show called um, Gilded Age, and then right before that, I did an episode of Law and Order. Nice um, man, SVU. Nice, and then nice, a Jim nice. Gaffigan movie. Um, I I worked some special effects with uh, a couple weeks before that, and awesome, then. Buddy. Yeah, last weekend I taught a whole bunch of people how to be on fire. Yeah, so, and that's uh, that's pretty much your specialty, right? Like you, yeah. you you're a fire guy. Yes. Yeah. How, really how did good. that happen? Uh, I couldn't do a backflip. Every 
everybody in Orlando was a martial artist or a gymnast. And I'm like, well, I can't do a backflip. So, um, I just, uh, I started making a fire gel that I could wear on my skin and then light it on fire without burning myself, you know, with, uh, with keeping the heat off of me for a certain amount of time. And through, you know, developing that and just training, um, that became kind of the, the thing I'm known for. So, I mean, I've done across the board, all kinds of stuff, mm -hmm. uh, hit by cars, thrown off buildings. Um, I've been killed by, uh, I've been killed by two Academy award winning actors, which nice. I'm really proud of. Nice. Um, but yeah, it always goes back to fire. People, people trust me to light them on fire. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and, and how did you start like developing your own like cream or whatever the hell you're doing? Like, oh, the like gel? yeah, the gel. What, how did that, are you a chemistry nut or? I was not, um, before, before I started the journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I had one person tell me a chemical compound that he saw somebody use in a, um, for that he worked for and they used to use in live shows. And so what I did is I just kind of looked at, well, what is, what are the qualities about this chemical that basically all gels are, you know, all water-based gels are just taking a, a water molecule and making it thicker, just swelling it. And then I started looking and having to break down what is the, um, what is the actual like uh, chemical components of each different thing and making sure that, okay, it's gotta be a, a thickener and a polymer, but it has to be viscous, but it has to be, um, it's gotta be safe. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was a part of the, the process too, is making sure that it's uh, hyperallergenic, it's non-toxic. And, um, and then just, I've been doing that for, Oh, what? 12 years now, 12, 13 wow. years. So just trial and error. Wow. Um, man. How long does that last? How long does that burn last before it starts to get hot? It depends. Uh, more often than not, I mean, 30 seconds, uh, but I've done burns for over a minute because it has to do with, I mean, there's so many variables. It has to do with the thickness of the gel that you put on. It has to do with the amount of fuel or the type of fuel you put on top of it. It also has to do with, is there a door open in wherever you're shooting? because that will change that will literally change the draft in the room and change what the flame does. Wow. So, um, I usually tell people when they want to know how long I can give them, I tell them 20 seconds, but yeah, I, uh, I did a face burn, uh, from a movie called skin where I doubled a uh, Jamie bell and I was, my face was on fire for over a minute. Was uh, that, was that the, the, your, your picture on here? That, that oh no, that's, uh, that was me testing the gel before I, I was on set. Here, do that because I want to. I want to show everybody what that looks like because that was a cool picture. So just turn your camera uh, off, and it should come on. Yeah, there it is. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's my face on fire. Wow, um, dude. Yeah. That's crazy, man. It's it's a wonderful Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it's god, so this guy I went out with last night. He is straight fire, guys. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's the quickest way to get people to swipe left. I've oh, been told no, it's dude. too intense for uh, for a first date. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> holy cow! All right, so you're a stunt guy. You do stunts. You set people on fire. So I thought naturally, this is the perfect movie to talk about to start off our holiday. Uh, episodes. What movie are we talking about, my friend? We are talking about Home Alone. 
the original yes. Home Alone. Yes, the 1990 hit directed by Christopher Columbus, Home Alone. Yes. Holy cow, 1990, the year I was born. Nice. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, I love this movie, man. This is one of those, um, this is a classic. Yeah. Um, and, and this is what we need to do, Frank. This is how we make money every year is we have to, we have to make a Christmas movie. Yeah. We have to make a good Christmas movie. I think there was, a, there was a, um, a, an interview with Artie Lang, who's a comedian who plays Santa Claus that gets in a fight mm. with Elf uh, in Elf. Right. And he says he still gets, I mean, every year with his residuals, he's getting like 30 grand on just that. He was a day player. Yeah. And just that scene. He's yep. getting like 30 grand every year um, on that. So I know they're talking about the same thing with like a Christmas story because oh. I mean, a Christmas story, uh, I think TNT still does the 24 hours Yeah, where they just play a Christmas story for 24 hours straight. And I mean, those residuals roll in. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, for those of you that aren't in the business, residuals are things. Uh, if you are, if you're working on a SAG, a union project, uh, depending on how many times it's aired, where it's aired, the time, all that stuff, they have a nice algorithm. Uh, you get paid. You get checks um, on top of your your paycheck that you did for shooting the film. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah. every time they, you know, anytime they replay it on television, anytime it goes on to Netflix or any new platform, uh, anytime you guys, uh, well, not a DVD anymore, but, know. you know buy a blu-ray or rent it um we get a we get a piece of that and it just it collects my mm -hmm. my residuals this last year from um the joker movie have have been nice ha have not made me sweat during co during COVID. <laughs> there you go man yeah they've they've really come in handy heck yeah, yeah brother that's awesome um, I still get a residual check from my first, my, my national television debut. I did an ABC Family movie, and that was back in 2011. And I'm mm. still getting residuals on that thing. And that was just, you know, it was on ABC Family. So it wasn't a, right. a, a theatrical release. It wasn't a big thing. But I'm still getting checks of, of upwards of five to 700 pennies. So. Yeah. Yeah. Have you gotten the zero one yet? Not yet. I've gotten close. Yeah. I, I think, I think my lowest was like seven cents. Um, <laughs> this, holy cow! I, I just recently because I do direct deposit now through the union, mm -hmm. so I just recently started getting um, residuals where like it's eighty-seven cents gross, but then the net is zero. <laughs> I was like, you, you took all eighty-six cents like you just needed. <laughs> oh. Holy cow. Yeah, I'll collect it forever, though. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. So Home Alone is Home the Alone. movie that we are talking about right now. Um, what a great film. Um, mm -hmm. It stands the test of time. It, uh, it, that's that's I guess that is the main thing for a good holiday movie is that it needs to be aired every year and not get old or outdated or anything right. like that. Um, and this Which means movie, that the theme is so universal that it doesn't get old. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. Their technology and all the stuff is different, you know, that they're using. Like they have these things called a uh, landline in, <laughs> in home alone, which, right. Um, you know, it's that stuff and it's crazy. So, yeah. but the whole story and the acting, the writing, directing, all that is universal 
and we, we can all relate to it and it stays. There's a, there's actually a great documentary. Um, there's a series I watched last year and then I watched it again for this when we said what we were talking about, um, called, uh, the movies that made us. Yep. You haven't seen it on Netflix. It's fantastic. Right. And what I didn't know is that the original screenplay, I guess, was written by John Candy. Oh, no way. Yeah. I didn't and know then, that. Yeah. And then he had picked the, the writer and, and director for it. I was like, here, you guys, you know, do it. It's a great script. Yeah. Yeah. And John Candy has a great, you know, role in this as well. Uh, Which, but we'll get to that later. He, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, give us a quick rundown for those four people that have never seen this. Uh, give me a quick synopsis, you know, not scene by scene, not shot by shot, but give me, right. give me a synopsis. Sell this to me as if I look at you and go, I'm never going to be able to watch this movie, but I want to be able to experience the movie very quickly. Go. Absolutely. So uh, this is about, um, this is about a, uh, a large family who goes on vacation and uh, during, during the Christmas season and holidays, and they accidentally leave their young son who is 10, I think nine, nine or 10, um, accidentally leave him behind. Um, during which time he, because uh, the night before they leave, he makes a wish that he wishes his family would go away. And the next morning he wakes up and he has the house to himself. So during this time, um, he's stuck home alone. Um, his family is already on vacation before they realize that they left him. And so the mother has to try to find her way back. Meanwhile, there are two, um, uh, two criminals who are, who are breaking into houses of people that they know aren't going to be home. And when Macaulay Culkin finds out that these robbers are going to rob his house, he decides to use the most cruel and creative <laughs> and funny and, um, and kid-like traps uh, to, to thwart them off from, um, from robbing the house. Um, and during this entire process, he learns what Christmas is really about. Aww. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so did I miss anything? Uh, well, you know, we don't care about spoilers. So, you know, obviously the family comes back because there's home yeah. alone 24. I think there's, they, they've been, they've made a bunch, uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, the family comes back, the bad guys go to jail. Um, you know, it's all a happy ending. Uh, yeah. what, a, what a nice movie. And before we get into the just the all the, the nooks and crannies of this film, we have to talk about the second half of this, the title, which is Real Drinks. We need to talk about the drinks. Now, Frank, you found an inter interesting drink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it seemed like the least complicated out of all the ones that I, I found. It's called the Home Alone. It's a gin-based drink. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it's gin, simple syrup, um, a little bit of lemon juice, uh, and then um, cucumber. So you, you mutter the cucumber up. Mm -hmm. You add all the ingredients. You strain it out. You have a couple of cucumber strands as your garnish. And then you yeah. top it off with some ginger beer. Yep. So I've, I've made mine. So... Uh... Let's try. I haven't tried it yet, so let's give it a shot. Me neither. And I'm not a gin guy, so this is going to be interesting. Neither so. am I. Cheers. Oh. <laughs> it's refreshing. Yeah, it actually is refreshing. It's very like I refreshing. Taste, I can taste the, um, the cucumber a lot. Yeah. 
I mean, really, it just tastes like cucumber water that we will get drunk off of. Yes. Yes. And what's Frank, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm probably going to be a little toasty tonight because I'm recording another one after yours. Nice. Which I will be trying eggnog for the very first time. I've never had eggnog. Yeah, not a, not a fan. I, I go to a, a stunt Christmas party every year. Unfortunately, it won't happen this year. Yeah. And the stunt coordinator throws it. He's such a dear friend of mine and is so wonderful. And he has this Puerto Rican eggnog that he's so proud yeah. of. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. He says it to yeah. me every year. He hands me a cup every year. I was like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. He, he makes me drink this thing. And every year I'm like, mm, I still don't like eggnog, but you yeah. can't insult the host. So I love, uh, I love Dave Attell's bit on eggnog. Uh, Dave Attell does a bit. He goes, you know what eggnog is? I'm going to tell you, you're not going to want to hear it, but I'm going to tell you elf come. That's what it is. <laughs> you might as well just pour it on your back and smack yourself on the ass. Yeah. You want- <laughs> You know, an interesting thing about David Tell? What's that? I train Kali with him randomly in New York. Shut up. Yeah, he trains. He trains Pekiti Tersha Kali at my old dojo. Um, I had been away. I had been away for like four or five months working. And then when I came back, David Tell is just like crushing it. He is so good. And like, I mean, you know, when you meet somebody wow. making their a TV personality. No, he's just he's an old dude with a stick who knows how to like beat somebody's ass nice yeah yeah i've seen him a couple times live uh when i was shooting um i believe i was shooting a netflix uh movie in south carolina and mm. uh, i had the night off and i went to a comedy club and david tell was performing that night went i was like i'm going to go see david tell hung out with him afterwards he's like all right we're hitting this bar over here so went over there and we're just hanging out i he wasn't drinking um because he's he's I don't know if he's completely sober or if it's yeah, I don't know cut completely like way down, but so uh, we just sat there and talked a little bit, talked shop, talked a little uh comedy, some little stand up with him he's a brilliant writer, he really is one well, he's yeah. such a, it's really interesting because when you meet him he he's one of those very few guys who's very straightforward but also very kind, yeah and and it, it was really it was great, you know, yeah. hanging out with him the handful of times that I did you know. That's awesome. All right, Originally, we're, off, we're, yeah, we're getting off topic. Yes, we are. Sorry. Dip back Bell. to Kevin <laughs> McAllister and his adventure. So yes. we start the movie, and it's hectic. I mean, it's it's hectic in that whole – you've got this whole, like, big family reunion. Yeah. So I many think, different families coming together. I think there's 13 kids total. Ish. It, it's yeah, up there. 13, because I remember she goes around counting, and then – but, oh, are we – I should have asked this before we start recording – do you cuss on this podcast? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Because I remember her counting and then the buzz is being a total dick, you know, mm-hmm. miscounting. And I think there's 13 kids. Yeah, uh-huh. there's, a, there's a bunch. I know that there are a bunch. I want to say it, it's either 13 or 11. Um, trying to think here. Uh, I do remember that his uncle – I remember nobody likes Kevin. Nobody likes Kevin – they uh, like everybody is kind of mean to him. That's why he hates everybody in the house. Yep. Um, and of course he's, you know, as an individual, as a kid, everybody's wrong except for me. And um, yeah. So it's just absolute chaos, which I mean, I think, I think I grew up loving this movie because I'm one of six. So wow. that was always my house growing up. Is yeah, that it's 11 kids, really 11 kids, five yeah. boys, six girls, Got it. Four parents, two drivers, and a partridge in a pear tree. 
Um, yep, that's about right. Yeah, it's it's insanity in that household. And you're right, everyone's picking on him. And now, to be fair, he's a little shit. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like he didn't deserve being picked on, mm-hmm. but everybody's picking on him. Yeah. Um, and the, the type of picking on is not anything that I would say is unique to siblings picking on siblings. No, I mean, right? we've all, if you grew up with a family, that's what happens. It, it, yep. That's what happens. Every time. So, so uh, yeah. they're getting ready. Everything's getting hectic. You've got the Uncle Frank, who's a pain in the ass. He's a bit of a douche. Um, and a freeloader. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that until I was older in life that they say several times that his, uh, that, that, uh, Kevin's dad is picking up the check for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everything he says about what he wants for his vacation, he's not even paying for. Yeah. And, 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 and like they get the, all this pizza and like he gets to yeah. the door for the, and he's like, Oh, it's, uh, somebody else doesn't have, we'll have it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's when we get introduced to a cop who comes in and just wants to make sure that the family's set up for their vacation. We're going yeah. around making sure that you have your alarms ready. And he does that smile. Mm-hmm. He's got that golden Ding. tooth. Ding. That little gold tooth. Yeah. <laughs> There's Joe Pesci. Um, and Joe Pesci is one of my favorite actors. Yeah. Uh, he is so versatile. He does, you know, he goes from doing casino and, you know, good fellas. And then you see him in Home Alone. You see him yeah. in Lethal Weapon. As yeah. Leo gets, you know, he's like all of these kind of gone fishing, gone. Yeah. Crazy yeah. character stuff, but he's total 180 from what yeah. he used to such a complete badass as a gangster yeah. and then kind of goofy. And yeah, he's great. Love. So him. apparently one of the, uh, one of the stipulants that he had for doing this movie was he had a problem with, um, his dialogue. And he goes, no, no, I just feel like this guy would cuss. And so one of his stipulants is that he had to create a language in order to cuss. Yes. So that's that fucking Rick and Right. And that's what kept him from cussing and saying fuck. Because, you know, right. fuck is like every second word out of his mouth. You know, <laughs> they, uh, they talk about in the documentary, the fact that uh, he says he can't read a script without inserting fuck. Uh, every two or three words. So if it's like, you know, good morning, sir. It's well, how's your fucking morning? You fuck face. Like that's how he can read it. <laughs> that's, that's just his inner dialogue as fuck is in there. Um, so morning comes, they've overslept. And now it's just pandemonium in the house. Everybody's running around. And I love the, uh, the, uh, the eighties esque fast forward. Fast forward. I was just about to mention that. I was like, we know it's a panic because they fast forward everybody. It actually looks like that. It looks yeah. like this fast, fast shutter speed just kind of. <laughs> and everyone, I, I love this. Is like, how do you forget your kid? How do you forget? Well, because it's hectic. And then you had that, that kid that came across the street. That was counted in. And was being nosy in the van looking at, well, what you got here? What do you have here? And they counted that person. Which was a perfect, he was the same size, he was the same age. Mm-hmm. There was no reason for like parents, especially with 11 kids, yeah. to go. I mean, I, my mother stopped naming us like after a <laughs> while. She, she would literally not call out her name. She would call out the color shirt because she'd go through the roster. Nick, Aunt, it blew. Get over here because she <laughs> can't. So, yeah, that made total sense to me. Um, <laughs> 
especially like the parents are dealing with all the other things. So you put the oldest in charge of making sure everybody's there. Yeah. That's how you can forget a kid is you put your, one of the other kids in charge of the kids. And, and, and they actually did a good job. You didn't know. I mean, they did the count. They did the count. And Um, they only forgot one. That's it. Um, I mean, that's a passing grade in most schools, in most schools, especially in Florida. (laughs) Um, So, they're also late. So they're rushing to the airport, running through the airport. Right. You know, um, and they're, they're, they're in the plane going, I feel like we forgot something, honey. We always forget something. It's just, and I think, I think it's the dad that goes, no, it's the mother. Cause it's a very, uh, the mother, who's the mother. I gotta, I gotta look at top of my phone. Catherine, Catherine O'Hare. O'Hare. Yeah. Yeah. It's so the it's the mother because it's that famous thing of she just shoots forward and yells, Kevin. Oh, yeah. But I'm saying about the uh, the garage door. I love oh, the garage door yes. open. That's that. I think that's a dad. Yeah. And he's like, that's yeah. it. That's what it is. I forgot the garage door. I forgot to close the garage door. And then it's, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. That doesn't seem like that's it. And then it's the Kevin. Um, Kevin. And that's when we cut to, we're back. Kevin's waking up going, guys, guys, Uncle Frank. And, and the last thing he said to his mother was my Christmas. I think it's like my Christmas wish is that you and everybody would just be gone. Yes, that's right. And the mother goes like, I hope you don't mean that because one day you're going to wake up and we will be. Um, and so he wakes up the next morning and he and thinks his wishes come true. They're gone. And he does what any kid would do. He eats, he eats all of the candy. Everything he wasn't allowed to do. He did. Oh. He messes oh. around in his brother's room. <laughs> he, <laughs> like, uh, I remember, doesn't he find like a porn magazine? <laughs> I think so. I think he finds think that he, he goes, goes a magazine and he just throws out by it. Yeah. Man, he's looking out through all <laughs> yeah. the stuff. He finds the fireworks. He, you know, yes, the BB gun, uh-huh. um, which comes into play later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, all the junk food. Uh, uh, j- just has the time of his life as a kid, allowed to be alone. At, mm-hmm. You know, by himself and think that there's no one that's gonna come back. Yeah, but at this point in the story. He doesn't think that there are going to be consequences for this later. It's just they're gone. I get to be me. Yeah, you know that's it. Yeah, and so once the once the newness of the no parents kind of wears off, he starts realizing I kind of need shit. Kind of, yeah. kind of got to go do stuff. Um, and then he sees there's that uh, I, I, they're plumbers, right? In the van, it's plumbers. Um. I, I think so, because I know that they call themselves the Wet Bandits. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with the plumbing. It's just because... No, 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 that's because they... Yeah, but I think that that was one of the, like, it's a plumbing van, mm-hmm. but they always leave the faucets on when they rob a house, because why not be a dick <laughs> if you're going to be a dick? Yeah. Um, and then he almost gets hit. The van comes out. You see that famous yeah. great scene of the van stopping right there. And it's Joe Pesci. I think he said, have a nice day or something like that. And then he smiles and he sees that. And that's when he recognizes it. He goes, wait a second. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's when uh, the, the two robbers think that maybe 
the family didn't go on vacation. Because yes. right, this is the biggest house in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Which, if you watch this movie nowadays, you're going to really question what Kevin's dad does for a living. That he can afford this house. It's a mansion. It's yeah, an it's absolute huge. mansion it's in the suburbs of Chicago. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Now it is 1990, so prices are a lot lower then, but still. Well, yeah, correct. If he bought it in the 90s, then he probably never paid for it anyway. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, so now he starts setting up um, his, I guess, plot. Oh, not yet. Not yet. Because not yet. he's by himself. He's trying to figure out what to do. Right. Um, well, first he tries to convince he, he, he tries to convince the robbers as they're casing the joint that there are other people home. Yes. So yeah. that's when we have the, um, and, he's, and, and, and the great thing about this movie is that every way that he does this is so clever. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember he sets up the party scene. So yep. it's silhouettes from the inside where he put like one silhouette, I think it's Michael Jordan, like a poster yes. on the train mm-hmm. and it's like going by the window. So it looks like it's dancing in the Christmas <laughs> lights and blasting music and stuff. Um, another time they, they're casing the joint and he plays a movie really loud. Mm-hmm. which I used to know the name of that movie. Uh, uh, Dirty Rats? No, that's the line in it. Uh, um, Dirty Angels, I believe. It's Dirty Angels. Um, yeah. Dirty Angels. Yeah. it's. Uh, I want to know the exact name of it. <laughs> Dirty Angels with Filthy Souls. That's oh, what it is. That's a, that's, that's a movie that needs to be made. Yeah. I think it's an actual movie, if I'm not mistaken. I thought it was a real movie. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was specifically made just for this movie. Oh, I I I thought it was a real movie. I think we need. Oh, it is not a real film. Okay. Ah. (laughs) Ah. So yeah, they case it a couple times, Mm -hmm. uh, and he convinces them. I think the first like one or two times. Yeah, and then they start realizing. The first time he realizes that they're they're. They're robbers is when they're trying to actually break in. Right. And that's when he runs around and he starts throwing on the lights. And that's when they're like, oh, shit. So now he knows people are trying to break in. Yeah. Um, and I believe before he starts doing all that, he has to order his pizza. Yes. Um, and that's yeah. when we have the uh, the first time we keep the change. You know, that. that he, oh, yeah. Because he uses the movie he uses in the order movie. to get the pizza. Yeah. Yes. To not give away that he's there by himself. Right. So um, it's brilliant. Yeah. So once the robbers realize that the family's gone and it's just the kid, it, it's game on. They're like, it's a kid. Well, there's so uh, it's game on for the robbers, but there's yeah. a subplot that gets Kevin into like into the idea of defending his home um, and into the idea that he's missing his family, which is his neighbor. So his neighbor in the beginning of the movie, his brother convinces him that his neighbor is actually a murderer. Yeah. And he's putting salt on the snow because <laughs> that's the dissolved bodies of those that he's killed. <laughs> um, and then he finds out like by meeting the neighbor a couple of times, um, he finds out that the neighbor of course didn't kill anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's in church watching his granddaughter sing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he finds out that like, well, you know, I, I got into a fight with my son and I can't see my family anymore. And that's when Kevin starts to realize, well, you know, whatever you said, you, you can be unsaid. 
family's all that matters. And that's when Kevin realizes that the last thing he said to his family was mm-hmm. wishing them gone and he would give anything to have them back. Right. And the one thing he will not do is let somebody else take his castle. Right. Because that's all he has left of his family now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've got the robbers, the wet bandits are ready to go. Yes. Unfortunately, so is, uh, <laughs> so is Kevin. Kevin McAllister. In a uh, classic 1990s montage. Yes, montage. You got to have montages, man. Montage. You need a montage. <laughs> he sets everything up and going, and then it's ready. Yeah. Go time. They we, see, we see the blueprints, right? We see the blueprints that he did in crayon <laughs> of each room and what the traps would be. And as you look at it, I mean, it looks like a blueprint of just mousetrap. Yeah. Uh, and then we see him set up. And th- I mean, this is what always makes what always makes a great movie structure. Right. We'll put the holiday part aside. Mm-hmm. But a great movie structure is if in act one, you set up a bunch of things that you can use in act three. And then at the beginning of act three, you set up a bunch of things that are revealed later of what it is. And that's what we see. We we see him practice with the BB gun in act one. And then in the beginning of that, like at the end of act two, beginning of act three, that's when we like see him set up all of these traps that we have no idea what they are. (laughs) And as each one is revealed, we're just more and more excited because you don't think it's going to get any better. Oh, um, and then so much happens to these guys. So many. And, and, and as far as like stunt wise, this, that's a lot going on in, in yes. this thing. Um, talk well, about that. Like go through these like bits that are happening and, and things that like, how does that. So home alone is actually a wonderful uh, case study of real, like real down to earth. Um, classic stunt work there's no cgi mm-hmm. there's no wires there's no there, there was no budget for the movie right the movie uh the movie was actually so low budget that when they started going over budget the first studio canceled them and then another studio literally took them from there um it was made for 14 million dollars and up until then most movies were looking at anywhere between 50 to 100 million budget Wow. So the stunt team was only a handful of people and um, uh, the two main stunt doubles, uh, uh, Troy Brown was, um, yeah. <laughs> Troy Brown was Pesci stunt double. And then Leon Deloney was uh, Daniel Stern stunt double. Nice. And the first stunt that is done is Kevin McAllister has thrown water onto the front steps. So now they're completely iced, but the robbers can't see it. Right. And so Joe Pesci goes to just walk up and then he slips and he flies backwards and he lands just straight onto his back. And uh, Troy, Troy Brown in the documentary, he actually says, he goes, Oh yeah, they didn't, they didn't tell me what they wanted. They just said he falls. So I just stood on the step and launched myself as high up and far back as I could go and hit the ground. And that was it. Right. It, it is, you know, I'm, I'm sure he was wearing like um, a gator back, which is um, a gator back for some people is a back protector. Right. It, it's kind of, um, it's like a knee pad just for your spine. Yeah. 
So it protects you from injury. It does not protect you from impact. It still sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Um, and he might not have even been wearing that because sometimes we don't even get that. But he just literally launched himself straight up and then crashed out. That's it. And then everybody stopped and freaked out. <laughs> and it was like, oh, my God, are you okay? Are you okay? And he just stopped. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Why? Was that – is everything all right? Like just <laughs> – is that good? Because he's a stunt guy. Yeah. Um, we we are not allowed to like we're if we're injured, we're injured. But like if you're hurt, you just you're not hurt. Hurt is not a thing. You get to be hurt when you go home and you pour your delicious uh home alone drink. Home alone drink. Which right. isn't that bad. It's actually growing it's, on me more. Really, like it's way more subtle than I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, and I'm not a gin person, so it's all the other flavors that are kicking in. Yeah, that that actually makes it not bad. Yeah. Like, with the lemon juice, yeah, mm-hmm. it's really good. Um, and I used a, uh, a a lime. I, I used a gin with a hint of lime in it. Oh, okay, nice. The gin, uh, because I used a drink. Uh, I had to make another drink before. Yeah. By the way, because of this podcast, my bar is growing. Oh, good. Um, I, I have grenadine now. I have simple syrup now. I have. Let's see. What am I looking at now? Vermouth. Um, I've got Tito's. I got honey vodka or honey Jack Daniels honey in there. I've got some kind of weird wine that goes with some sort of kind of martini. Hmm. Um, yeah, because we did 007, which should be coming out now. By the time you see this, it should have oh. been out. Um, so we did. I've got. I'm growing. I'm growing with my. I've got rums. I've got. I've got a bunch of whiskeys and bourbons, and then a handle of tequila in the freezer. Boom. And now I've got the gin and, and that stuff added yeah. on. So, yeah. yeah. When people come over to drink, they leave stuff. So, yeah, I've got tequila at, the, at my girlfriend's house right now. I took it over there to make some drinks and I went, damn it, that hooker's got my tequila. <laughs> Need mine back. So, we get the so, stunts going. So, we've got so, the, the ice. Boom. We got the ice flat back. The next, uh, the next fall he takes. It's the exact same thing, but now he lands onto the steps. Mm-hmm. So he lands on the steps and rolls back over on himself. Um, then we have uh, going around the back of the house. We have the exact same thing, except for the stairs going up to the house. It's going down to the basement. <laughs> so the guy slips and crashes down the stairs and oh. every hit of it. The, I mean, uh, uh, so this movie is directed by Chris, Chris, uh, Chris Columbus. Columbus. Um, who was also the director of uh, the first two or three Harry Potter movies. I think the first yeah, two. So. Um, and, uh, and he couldn't watch when the stunt guys did their thing. <laughs> he literally would look away from the screen and he'd just be like, are they good? Uh, okay. And then that would be it because it can't. Because if, if you don't know what we're doing, it looks like they die every oh. time. Because that's all they were told is just, just fall. So... It's it's what you would think a pratfall is if you saw the cartoon, mm-hmm. but in real life. Yeah, that's the brilliance of it is that uh, because it absolutely crushes and hurts, but it's cartoon to everybody else, unless you see it in person, and then you can like feel the impact on oh. the on the guy. Oh man, I I've done wait. What's great about this particular fall, they do it again inside the house. Uh, there's one point where uh, Kevin puts down the, the micro machines, mm-hmm. which is for those of you who are under 30, 
they were hot wheel cars, but they were tiny. Right. So they were like Legos on wheels and he laid a bunch of them out in the, uh, in the foyer area right before the stairs. And you see both guys hit them straight up and then crash down. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) Oh, no worries. Um, yeah. And that's a great shot. Now with something like that, like the timing, everything has to be good. How many takes do you think that shot, that stunt took? Um, in my experience, in my experience, it's not, a. Um, I've done that specific thing like 20 to 30 times. Wow. Right. Because, um, ex- especially the lower the budget, the, in my experience, the lower the budget, the more they, they were like, no, 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 just keep going. Let's, let's make sure we got it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it could have been, I doubt it was one or two. I'm sure it was at least, uh, you know, at least 10 probably. Uh, but what was great about this movie is that the cinematographer that set up all the cameras, he actually had a, a camera he called a chicken shit camera which was the smallest camera he could get. And they would hide it somewhere just to get a wide angle to make sure that they could, they always had the shot to to do it as few times as possible um, to save the guys as much as they could. But um, what they found out is that the chicken shit camera gave them the best shot 90% of the time anyway. Nice. So they started like using that. Um, That's the camera that they send. uh, At one point they send it down a vent to, be the camera shot of the iron mm-hmm. going straight down to hit uh ditch um danny in his face yeah um just a little a little tidbit for those of you listening that aren't in the business um a lot of times you sit there and go man that's a beautifully shot movie that director's great that's your that's your dp mm-hmm. there's your director of photography coming up with these shots because your director's going to sit there and go here's what i'm imagining right and your director of photography, your DP is going, here's how I can make that happen. And then inventing some cool stuff like the chicken shit camera, like right. stuff like that, just figuring out ways to come up with, to, to create your vision. Yeah. Whatever you're thinking, how, however outlandish it can be, your DP is the one going, what if we did this? We're going to push slowly from up. We're going to bring that camera angle up top. We'll bring it around. We're going to use the jib to come up here. We're going to, you know, it's all that. That's your DP. And yeah. they're brilliant at what they do. The good ones are phenomenal. They're artists. They yeah. are absolute artists. It, they, a, a director can say, this is the type of art and picture that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, he, can, he can give the blocking to give the feel for the actors and all that yes. stuff. And then, and then the DP is the one that gives the blocking for the camera more often than not Yeah, to say, well, this is how we can translate that feeling that the actors are given and their movements giving. This is how the camera can give that same feeling and movement. Um, yeah. Just having, you know, they, they, they say uh, 90, what 95% of directing is just casting. Right? Yeah. In film, the, you know, that also goes to casting is who's your DP mm-hmm. who can, who can really set up a shot to make it what you need it to be. And speaking of casting, I think this is a, a another example of some brilliant casting, especially for, you know, Harry and, Oh God, what's his, what's the other guy's name? Harry. And, uh, um, Oh God, I should know this. I, I keep saying just, you know, 
I always go with just Joe Pesci and stuff, but it's Marv. Harry and Marv. Yeah, Harry and Marv. Marv. The, the the height difference is perfect. It's comedic. You know, you've got the two guys like this. Like I shot a film, which I, I shot this film and I was auditioning for a completely different role. And there was a, a mob, uh, I guess, presence in the film. So I made the director and the producer laugh a lot in my audition. And they were like, is there another role you want to audition for? <laughs> and I said, yes. I said, I read your script. I said, but I know that you guys have sight gags. You're too mob guys the two henchmen are supposed to be massive i said what if one of them is massive and then the other one we have like a twins type of thing right. i said you have your status and they go give that a shot give it a read and i read for it and that's what i booked was, was yes. and you see the you see you know right. owen harn who you can see on vice principles he's just a, he's a big guy he's a great actor but you know he's massive and i'm down here Right. So it was cool. So that kind of status is great. Um, Macaulay Culkin, y you can't. Holy so, cow. I mean, this movie was written for him. Like John Candy wrote this movie for Macaulay Culkin after having worked with him on Uncle Buck. Yes. Yeah. Which I think was Macaulay's first. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And he was just like, this kid is absolutely great. Um, yeah. And this is the movie that, you know, launched him into superstardom yeah he became huge the largest ch child actor huge maybe ever you know i mean he I became mean, i mean he became shirley temple essentially shirley, yeah. i was like since shirley temple yeah right and mickey know, it's rooney. like it's like whoa man yeah. and 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 mickey sure enough man he was mickey rooney, rooney. yeah <laughs> different mickey, mickey, mickey mouse uh, <laughs> um so all the stunts go through You've got the one like I love watching the movie and I'm and, and this is my favorite phrase when I watch this movie. Dead. They'd be dead. Dead. Yeah. The paint can dead. They're dead. There's a, there's a whole episode um, <laughs> that we did on YouTube of showing what the trauma would be on each one of these things. <laughs> dead. But they so in our industry, um, those falls, they're known as home alone falls now. So wow. like there there will be times where uh, like I, I did one of those on, on a movie, uh, hopefully that will come out soon. It got post-production got postponed because of COVID, but right. a movie where, I mean, it's kind of like a John Wick scenario kind of a thing. And, um, we, you know, a bunch of us getting shot. I take a shotgun chest, uh, shotgun to the chest. And I was like, all right, well, it's time for my home alone fall. All right, a home alone fall is a very like it's different from a flatback. A flatback is just jump in the air, land flat. It's kind of more of a judo fall where like you catch yourself with your arms a little bit, you dissipate the energy. A home alone fall isn't that. It's yeah. feet are in the air, hands are in the air. So all that takes your oh, this just you know, straight back. The whole back oh. hits it. Yeah, and oh, I God. yeah I had to do that Ooh, a whole bunch. But that I mean that's what. I thrive for is to do, I'm hoping that it makes the, you know, makes the edit and cut because when I see those falls, when I see, I see them flying off of the stairs because of the paint cans, for those of you who haven't seen it, they go up the stairs, Kevin throws paint cans on a rope, bah, just Boom. square in the face and you see them fly backwards. Those are the stunts that are just 
because not only are they funny, they catch you off guard, they hurt, which makes them funnier. Like they hurt you to watch, but you have to keep watching it. Uh, those are the things that I've always inspired to do. Um, and, and being able to see two guys who created the example for everyone else. Yeah. Just, just amazing. You know? Yeah. That's- and, and, and their work is so good in this film. Yeah. Like so good. Um, and you're right. When you said something earlier, like it's taking those cartoon pratfalls and making them real. Right. Um, and, and, and it's exactly what they did. And it's, it's the timing of them. It's mm-hmm. the, um, you know, one of the big things is, is the over dramatizing of it. Uh, so the, the slips are so big mm-hmm. that, but that's what makes them cartoonish is that they're over the top. They still suck and they hurt to watch because, and this is where I'm at with like watching old school movies versus new school movies. New school movies can be exciting, but the moment for me, CGI is in it, it's not real anymore. It's watching a right. cartoon. So it right. still might be entertaining, but that danger isn't real. Right. And knowing that that's a real guy mm. without wires who hit concrete mm. hurts. Oh my God. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great quote by um, Billy Crystal uh, who said, and this goes to what you're saying right now, uh, who says, um, if you want to make someone laugh, uh, an old lady has to slip on ice and everyone laughs. If you want to make a comedian laugh, she has to die. Uh, and it's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I actually I just worked with him last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> he, uh, I was hired to be a stunt double because uh, apparently everybody thought he was five nine and he walked into the trailer. It's, it, it's six in the morning. He hasn't had coffee. Mm-hmm. I, he walked into the trailer. He looked, he goes, you're my stunt guy. I was like, yes, sir. It's great to meet you. And he just goes, you're too big. You, you're too big. You can't do it. And, and I just go, okay. And I, <laughs> I just shrank down a little and he goes, it's not a joke. You can't do it. And then he leaves and I was fired just like that. Wow. <laughs> It's gone. I mean, I wasn't, I, they just changed what I was doing for the day, but yeah, that was it. But what's great about watching Billy Crystal work is before uh, uh, a week later, we did a big wedding scene and stuff. And before Mm -hmm. each take, because everybody's supposed to be Joyce and stuff Mm -hmm. as they were starting to roll the cameras, he would just start cracking jokes and entertaining everybody. Cause then it would put everybody Everybody. in that mood for the cameras to roll. And it was so great to watch just, Guy. really that's brilliant awesome. that's yeah. awesome um so, so back to the movie yeah okay. let's get back to the movie i'm loving this this is why you don't get a stunt guy on we uh, we got all kinds of like oh. side branches of stories to tell <laughs> it's brilliant i love it man i'm fucking loving it um so we're going through all of the pratfalls and there there were two nights of of falls because they leave after yeah. after getting a few hits um yeah. And they're gone. And then that's when we have, you know, during, during this whole time, he's starting to grow up. He's starting to miss his family. Yeah. He's like, and, and they're, and them poor, you know, is it, or is it just later the same night? I thought it was two separate nights. It might be later the same night, but because he still has to go to the church. He has to go to the church. So there was the, oh no, I think that's all happening 
when he discovers it there and they're doing the he's doing the dancing and he's doing all that stuff, trying to distract them. Yeah. And then the main night is the big night with all the stunts. The big night. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a lot to set up. Um, and right before the big night is the the church, you know, going to church and uh, talking to the old man and telling hard him to hard. call his son. Call him. You know, it's like, how old are you? It's <laughs> like, what? Um, so. And and then poor Catherine O'Hara is going crazy trying to get back to him. <laughs> Insane. And she wh- where is she at? Uh, she's in. Uh, they were in Paris, and then she had to fly back. And I think they got back to like because they were trying to get. They were going to New York no. Or, or no Chicago. They were they were in. They, no, they live in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Did they go to Florida? No, no, no that's a, no, 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 no. That's the second Florida. one. Sorry. It may be in New York. They get to New York. New York is the second one. Right. But what I'm saying is her airport may be at New York and she's trying to figure out a way to get Chicago. Right. Um, And then that's when we find. It was a Hawaii. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. So she's in the airport. All the flights are shut down because of a snowstorm. Mm -hmm. Nothing can get through until after Christmas. Um, She is she is going nuts in the airport saying you have to you have to get me back. My son is in trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, And. She, they called the authorities to, to check on the kid and the authorities have driven by and be like, Oh, nobody's home. Right. Right. So they're like, yeah, no, the kid's not here. I don't know why this is a, a conversation. Um, yeah. Which again is the nineties. Cause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we've got John Candy shows up as the polka King. Polka King. Like, what? All improv. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's all improvised. And he's like, we're going we can drop you. Yeah. And so she gets a ride with the Polka King. Um, starts coming up with these Polka names. Never heard of them? No, all right. It's all right. It's all right. No, no, okay. yeah, you don't know? Polka, 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 Polka. No, no, no. no. Okay. No, okay. Yeah, no it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so gets her home. We've had this, you know, the, the stunts galore. And we get the moment of Kevin waking up, coming down the stairs. At, well, Catherine Harris walking, looking in, trying to find him. And he, there, she sees him on top of the stairs. And you see that look. And this is what made him a really good actor. You, you start thinking he's still pissed. Right. They're not there or anything. And then you have that moment. They come together. It's the yeah. one. She just all, she's coming, going like thinking, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She's thinking that like. Mm-hmm. He has all of this to apologize, and all that it is is just absolute gratefulness for yeah. the two of them that, like, yeah. relief. Mother and son get to reunite, and then the whole crew shows up, and they found a way to get there. So now you've got the whole family there for Christmas. Um, yep. Even Buzz, and then Buzz like gives them a little shout out, respect, you know, for being surviving. Yeah. Um. And in the background. You see the neighbor's son showing up at his house. Yeah. Like I'm seeing his granddaughter. Yeah. And it's like, oh done for however long. Yeah. You're like, holy what, cow. what I think is, is so important about this movie um, and why this movie is one of the quintessential Christmas movies is that every part of the movie ties into what Christmas is about, right? Yes. It ties into family um, it ties into tradition. It, it, it ties into like holiday spirit. 
Um, and they don't just do that by like having a train playing songs, but everything in the movie is either red or green. Everything. Yeah. The entire house is gaudy any other time of year. Um, yeah. But is red or green. Well, they, it's because John Candy purposely and the, the writer and everything purposely wrote this as a Christmas movie. Like this what? is, and here's what we need. We need to do yeah. that. Um, and we have our happy ending. Buzz gives him that little, that little, it's really cool, dude. And then he yeah. goes to his room. What did you do to my room? Yeah. <laughs> and then we're done. Um, but this is a phenomenal movie. And, uh, how well do you know this movie, Mr. Frank? Because you got 10 trivia questions coming up right now. We are. Ooh, we're about to find out. I actually haven't watched this movie in, I think, two years. Because mm. if it's not streaming, I can't get it. <laughs> well, it's streaming on Prime right now. So you oh, is it? I looked it up. It was not. It was. It's right there. Oh, well, I got to look again. Um, so uh, the first five are usually pretty easy. Cool. And then it starts to get difficult. So uh, um, I get one wrong, I'll drink. Um, and if I get one right, then I'll dr drink a little. We've only had one person get all 10. I do 10 and then a bonus question. Um, so here we go. Question number one. What year did the film come out? 1990. Boom. Who directed it? Uh, uh, Christopher Columbus. Boom. So we're two for two. Who plays the two robbers? Uh, Daniel. What's Daniel's last name? I mean, Joe Pesci. Mm -hmm. And then Daniel, oh, I almost cheated. I was, I was like, well, my <laughs> don't you be cheating. No, I'm not going <laughs> to cheat. I'm going to put my phone away. Um, uh, I don't know Daniel's last name, but um, he's also in City Slickers. <laughs> yes, he is. Very good. I love him in that movie, too. Um, I'll, give you, I'll give you credit for it. It's Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. Stern. What, what is their weapon of choice? Crowbars. Crowbars. Boom. Uh, where was the family going on vacation? Oh, see, that's what I guess. I guess we said Paris. That's it. They're going yeah. to Paris. This is something I gave you too, and I, I stopped myself in the middle of it. What is the famous line that the gangster says uh, uh, in the movie? In the movie within a movie. Oh, uh, keep the change, you filthy animal. Boom. We're six or six. Here's where they start to get a little tougher. You got to be paying attention. Sure. What time were they supposed to leave for Paris? I say 8 a.m. Boom, right there. Uncle Frank kept saying that. It's like, we're leaving at 8. Yeah. Um, who is the old man that Kevin is scared of? What is his name? Ah, uh, that I don't know. So I will call him Roger. I'm going to give you a hint. It is old man blah. They say old man blah is his. Oh. Old Man Stevens. I don't know this one. Old Man Marley. Marley. All right. All right. All right. Technically, what is the first booby trap? Not the first stunt, the first booby trap. Okay. Booby trap once they're in the house? Nope. Right in the very in the movie. The very first thing that gets the uh, robbers. What is the very first thing? I would say the very first thing then has to be the BB gun. Yes. Cool. Yes. Nice. I'm alone. Got it. Nice. So you've missed one. This one's a tough one. Number 10. Okay. How much was the pizza in the beginning? 
What was the total? And, I, and I'll give you within five bucks. I'm going to say 50 bucks. Ooh, so close. $122.50. $122.50. No wonder Uncle Frank was like, uh, somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah somebody else got this one. Um, yeah. And then the bonus question is, where does the pizza come from? He orders it on his own and there. What's the name of the pizza place? Oh, I, uh, I thought Pizza Hut because I thought it was a – I'm going to say Pizza Hut. Cause I thought it was, um, uh, whatchamacallit product placement. Yeah. It was little Nero's pizza. Uh, uh, so close. So right, close. Well. Frank, you did great. You did great, man. Thank you so much for coming on board. Um, thank you for having me. This was just a blast. You know? This was, this <laughs> was great, man. This is the best way to spend the night and, and drinking some crushed up cucumber and gin. You know, yeah. that's how you do it. Um, tell everybody where they can find you. Anything coming up uh, that you want people to know about? Um, I mean, uh, check out my uh, you can check out my IMDb page. My name is Frank Alfano, A-L-F-A-N-O Jr. Um, and then anybody who anybody out there who's interested in learning how to perform on fire. Um, I teach fire workshops up here in the New York area. Um, you can go to www.northeastfirestunts.com. Boom. Those are, those are my Perfect. two points for myself. Appreciate it. Perfect. That's awesome, man. And for those of you listening, don't forget to, if you're listening to this on iTunes, go to YouTube. You can actually see it. We edit it down, or we don't edit it down, but we do, you know, we edit the pictures and stuff. So sometimes it's just Frank and sometimes it's both of us. Um, you can go to YouTube, Real Drinks with Ali Flores. And if you're watching on YouTube, go to iTunes, Spotify, anywhere that you get uh, podcasts, Real Drinks with Ali Flores, subscribe, rate us, review it. Um, and then you can find me, um, Comedic Actor on Instagram, Comedic Actor Ali on Twitter, although I really don't do Twitter that much. I have been doing a lot on TikTok now. Uh, so if you like sick and wrong jokes, uh, some funny stuff, I do that on TikTok. You can find me, uh, A. Ali Flores on TikTok. So uh, thank you again, Frank, for being here. I've had a blast. I hope you did too. My pleasure. Oh my gosh, this was great. This is literally the best way I could have spent tonight. Awesome, man. Happy holidays, everyone. See you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Yes. Yeah.